welcome to this installment episode technically episode 53 but our 52nd movie right it is the oh, movie man. overload podcast should we even number the the retrospective one probably not but you not. know what we will do we'll still count it as an episode right yes yeah, so we just, just like label, label it star sign star sign exclamation point yeah yeah something like that yeah yeah uh, Sorry, I mean, on. sure, that's been out for a few weeks already, but we're yes, still trying to figure out the logistics. Of it. <laughs> I might uh, not keep this part in. <laughs> it is the movie overload podcast. What? It is. We. I we thought it was the movie underwhelm podcast. Well, I mean, it, that's that's how it's going to be this week for <laughs> at least half of us. <laughs> I think I joined the wrong pod. I think I joined the wrong uh, Zoom meeting. Can you? Can you <laughs> what? What were you expecting? Underwhelm podcast. Yeah. Okay. So it is for, where for we half talk of about us. like yeah. exclusively like three star movies. Yeah. Or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our our list features uh, <laughs> Tokyo Story. Uh, Jean Dumont. That's uh, what. Except what else? Did you most of us stars? liked those movies. Yeah. Well, I meant like something that would be generally regarded okay. as a three-star movie. Okay, you know, sure. like Alvin and the Chipmunks 4, The Road Chip. Well, the problem is that Jinx. I said yeah. that it's the Movie Underwhelmed podcast for half of us because half of oh, us right. are wrong. Um, um, I'm one of them. You gave it a four, actually. Yeah. But that's that's Alvin like a little bit... Alvin and the Chipmunks 4, you gave four stars? I would yes. give that movie for at least four out of 10 i've totally seen it but um i i didn't really introduce the podcast so i should no, probably take the a movie step back. underwhelmed podcast sorry we I'll, go through i'm, I'm done with a hundred movies what? through oh, the that's history why of cinema from a trip to the moon to parasite and everything in between except for lots of things including woody allen fuck woody allen and um also we missed out on some other stuff and you that's know okay Maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll go back and we'll be like, oh, maybe that belonged and maybe it didn't. But at yeah, the end of the day, blind here. We we'll have a very that. curated list. It'll be so good. And then people can stop making fun of me for making weird decisions, e.g. doing Empire after Star Wars. Because for me, it makes sense. But it's quite a move for, know, for the Underwhelm squad of today. <laughs> it might not yeah, make sense as... Like it. As we have learned over the course of any time this concept has been brought up. Um, uh, my name is Squidgem. My name is Aiden. Here's Q-Idgem. That's how you spell it. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm Hunter. I'm <laughs> Anna. I'm so tired. I, cool. I'm the sorry. funny thing about this is that Hunter is in a weird way the most awake person of all of us. It's what? true. Because we all like overslept. We all just woke up, but Hunter's oh. been awake. I've been awake. He been waking for a bit now. Waking and not bacon. We, we have the opposite schedule with Hunter lie. at this point. So we have to yep. like flip it. Um... Yeah, so that's that's a really good introduction. I'm really glad that we all came together to to form something that I think will be remembered yeah. for a long time. And, 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 and of course, yeah. this week we are talking about Empire, 
of the Sun, Steven Spielberg's oh. classic uh, movie about uh, war. I'm assuming in Japan. I I haven't seen the movie. I honestly know very little about it. I just don't really want to it's, talk about. It's probably really actual movie. really great and doesn't give some sort of weird skewed perspective on uh, World War Two Japan. Um, however. We actually in 1980, and the movie that we are covering is Empire Strikes Back, which I'll reiterate: if you listen to last week's episode, that's on Star Wars, <laughs> and we kind of go. I I at least explain why I put this on there. We talk about Star Wars having a different kind of cinematic language, or or sort of forming something new, um, from what we'd seen before, and that being kind of comparable with what a lot of blockbusters have become. However, that movie kind of starting as an indie movie and also being the very, very beginning of the blockbuster tends to feel for, for me at least a little different than what the standard blockbuster became in the eighties all the way up through now. So like the last 40 years of, of cinema history, um, were shaped by that moment, but not fully represented by that moment. Although, so, do you know what uses a different cinematic language than any movie we have covered thus far? Alvin and the Chipmunks for the road chip. It would, yeah, that's that's true, because we haven't covered any movies that are bad yet, <laughs> except for I mean, Shazam. we could argue about a few things, but Shazam's a fun movie. I thought that was fun. Did you say oh, Shazam? I was saying okay. Shazam as in like get roasted, Aiden. Shazam. Oh, oh. oh okay. I've never seen Shazam. Yeah, I feel so roasted. Point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> but do you know what road tri- favorite? Alvin and the Chipmunks. The road chip has over this movie a John Waters reference for some reason in a children's film. So hmm. ha. That's. Do you know what fun. this has a reference well, you- to? Nothing. Well, you know yeah, what this does. has that Alvin and the Chipmunks for the road trip doesn't have. Practical puppets. effects, yeah. amazing puppets. It does. Although Cue the road chip would be segment. improved a thousand percent if instead of CGI little squirrels, they had puppet squirrels. They're chipmunks. Whatever you know the the small it's, it literally says ground chipmunks rodents. in the title. And and do you know what else says chipmunks in the title? Squirrels. 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 Okay. Uh, if you want to see yourself out, you're totally welcome at this point if you have that hot of a take on alvin and the chipmunks the road chip i'm scared scared to hear what you have (laughs) for the rest of the day (laughs) ah um so this one's good this one is is universally pretty much considered the best star wars movie Mm -hmm. if you go on to to lists of movie aggregate sites you know all your people who have seen some movies or tend to enjoy blockbusters or tend to enjoy Star Wars or whatever treat this as one of the greatest things that's ever happened. I don't know that there's anybody on this particular episode that feels fully that way, though I will acknowledge that I had the most fun of everybody. Um, and I think that Irvin Kirshner's cinematic language here is really good and that the writing and the pacing and the acting and the cinematography and everything about it is for me a massive step up even from the original star wars 
and isn't something that's been replicated for a while. Points, especially I think the writing Mm -hmm. is better. Like not the arc of the story, but the line by line. Mm -hmm. Like that's better. Uh, The story is better. The pacing is better. Um, And they get to go to more places and planets, so that's just cool Mm -hmm. because you get to see all the different things they did with set design and like the costume design, Mm -hmm. which is always just fancy. It's so good. There's not as many weird creatures. It's true. But the ones that you get are really good. You get to see the inside of a tauntaun. That's so true. You get the inside of a tauntaun. In a very short but visually impressive and gross. You get the inside of a giant space worm. I don't know if it's that gross. It looks a bit like like water balloons that are like full and twisted to look like... uh, uh, links of sausage all strung together. Sure, it was gross. Yeah. It maybe that's why it was. Maybe that's why it, it was gross so me. fast. Is so then you can't really. You can just be like ew guts, and then you can't look when at you it do closely. Pause to be on like, it, when you look closer, I think it looks more gross. Okay. Personally, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Aiden's <laughs> probably seen a lot more gore on film than I have. I mean, so I'm I have too. I've seen stuff that's wilder than that. I just thought it was. I don't know what I thought it was. I like there's things, and I in don't this like movie. the way that when he cuts it, it like kind of puffs out and spills right. out. Yeah. yeah, like it that felt kind of real for some reason, and I don't. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, yeah. but also it probably stunk. Like he said that, but like it's just yeah. imagine how that would smell to like have to put your friend in the the carcass <laughs> of it. The okay, one thing I will say: this movie gets a little bit darker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think actually, and this is a completely boring point, but the reason why I think they wrote that scene in with the Wampa and everything, sure, it gives you some tension at the beginning, but also I think they wanted an explanation for why Mark Hamill's face looked a little messed up because he had just like been recovering from like a big car accident. Oh. So, oh, so some that. of how he looked there is like how he actually looked. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yep. Imagine cool. filming something while recovering from a massive car accident. Um, well, imagine having a massive car accident right after filming the classic <laughs> film Corvette Summer. Ooh. Like, that's ironic. These Star Wars ba, ba, actors ba, 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 and their ba. vehicular accidents. So true. Are there, how, okay, how many vehicular accidents exist in this film? Cause, oh, cause, in the movie? Yeah, because I think Luke crashes on Dagobah. Yeah. And yeah. he crashes on Hoth. Yeah, his yeah. Gets he crashes out. on Hoth. He he crashes on Hoth. Yeah, yeah. Just I guess that one time. Hmm. And is that it? Luke is the only one that crashes in this movie. Well, no, crashes well, and mean, survives. Like, he does the most. Yeah, every driving. one of his his teammates crashes and dies. That's yeah. true. I still feel bad for Dak. He felt like he could take on the whole empire himself, but it turns out. He just he just blow up a little bit, but not a that much. Bit. He just goes, ooh. Yeah, and that's I it. got me. I'm yeah. dead now. That's it is. Sad. I do. I do like this movie more than A New Hope. I still. There's some things about it that I finally was kind of like, um, okay. Like I still am not a fan of Mark Hamill as an actor. I just mm. don't like him. Yeah, some people, yeah. It might also just be, like, Luke's character, but, like, the very end where, spoiler alert, uh, Darth Vader (laughs) 
says like you are my father and he's like no like the way his face contorts just like irritates me i'm not even like man that's acting i'm just like that's just i not good i don't i don't know it's It's not attractive very like it's not attractive and it just like it's it feels so fake to me like it feels like yes i am an actor now like maybe i don't know it's interesting talking about that because I feel like there is always that debate that gets brought up with Mark Hamill where there's at least like I've had this conversation for some reason I've had this conversation a lot but there's always like somebody in a conversation that was just like Mark Hamill is really annoying and not a good actor and then there will be somebody with the exact opposite take and then it just like you just fight and then well no then it just doesn't go anywhere because it's like I think it I think Mark Hamill is just a very subjective actor. Like you either yeah. enjoy him or you don't. Yeah, I, I would, don't. I would agree with that. Yeah, I've never been particularly bothered by his performance in the original yeah. trilogy, but I would say that I think he gets so much better as he ages. That's what yeah. I was wondering too. Is like trying to think of him as he went on, especially like I guess I haven't seen him on screen and a lot of stuff but i've heard his voice like a million times yeah. and i always enjoyed that he's yeah kind of he's like a few one iconic of the gods characters of voice yeah at this point yeah. um and i i really think that his performance in the last jedi is good as hell me too i think it, it's a great performance yeah but better. but yeah I, I wonder how much of it is the character and how much of it is yeah. is mark hamill i also oh. just had a flashback to watching my friend and I, for her birthday, watched all of the three original trilogy, and this was in sixth grade, and she was like, oh my gosh, I love Luke Skywalker so much. Every time I see him, I get butterflies, and I was just like, "This guy he's one of the least attractive people. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm not attracted to Luke- Mark Hamill at all. Not even a little bit of me thinks that he's attractive. There is no part of me that thinks that he's attractive. I wonder how However, much that feeds into your funny. perspective on Mark Hamill. Or how Harrison much the opposite Ford opinion. is very attractive mm. and he like fits into a niche of my taste. But that's a side point. I would like to nominate him as Pod Daddy because he's in two movies in a row as an attractive. He will actually be in three movies in a row. He's in our movie next Oh, week. that's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah that, I think that gives more. him a Pod but Daddy in status. In his 80s, 80s run, he is so freaking hot. He is. He just, he just goes for it. That's the weird thing is I would say in the original Star Wars, it's like, man, this guy's like kind of slimy. It's interesting. Well, and then yeah. in the neck, and then in this one, it's like the most intense glow up. <laughs> it's just a lot. Yeah, I mean, he is still kind of slimy. Like, I don't love the all the things that he does with Leia. He's a real no, I meant I meant physically looking near Oh, physically. Yeah. he gotcha. looked just like. Like the fact that his shirt is like kind of yellow instead of being white, white. It just it looks like he's just sweat through it way too much. Ugh. It's just that shade, and it, I don't know. Like slept in it too many times. Yeah, and he just he just kind of looks dumpy, but but this movie is not that. Oh my no. gosh! Yeah. So yeah, no, no I agree. I, I I personally, as a kid. I thought that Luke was really cool and great 
and um, I thought the Mark Hamill was kind of hot. But at this point, I mean, and, and I always, I, but that's the thing is everybody objectively knows that Harrison Ford is the real daddy of this film. It, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of weird because, so as Anna kind of pointed out, uh, it's one of like the early popularization of one of those tropes where it's like, yeah, these people love each other and you can tell because they yell at each other all yeah. the time mm-hmm. and they're very True. aggressive towards each other and, and they don't snarky. and they don't really show many like signs of actually liking each other except for the fact that when like one of them goes in for a kiss, the other one like kind of leans into it, you know? <laughs> like that's how you know. That's how you know, that's which is like totally know. hasn't ruined generations of kids being like, no, no, I think she really likes you. She like punches you every day and like yeah. screams in your face that you're a no good poopy fart face. To be and, fair, that's you know? just how boys are in general. They're completely oblivious. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't like at the very least what I'd say is I don't think it comes from this movie trope. Well, I, it doesn't come from this movie trope, but interpreting that weird yeah. stuff as as flirting or being romantic is, <laughs> is, is, is a trope that like it, it's here and mm-hmm. then it, it props up a lot of other places a lot more. No, not to be dark or sad or anything but I, I would also say that that is a lot of people's experience with their parents mm-hmm. as well so, <laughs> so uh, it's, there's there's an extent to which rationalizing domestic abuse no i'm saying moves into it i'm saying yeah like if a kid grows up and their parents yell at each other a lot and they love and you know they say they love each other or they do or something that's kind of what you think relationships look like and then Uh, you mm -hmm. grow up to be ben solo yeah and then maybe they divorce and you end up being ben solo but ben solo's chilling but the thing is that is I, I really problem. think that that is sort of the the common f- family dynamic of this generation for the most part. Mm. Like, I, I think the fact that I'm in a room and it's not the universal experience is kind of an exception in my experience. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it looked like a lot of time. So that's not terribly healthy. I kind of. I'm not give... saying it's healthy. I'm know, just saying that, that it's common. I just kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt because, like, it seems like as long as things are chill, maybe they're fine. But th- th- then, then there's conflict, and then they're like, Bruh. I mean, and then the teasing becomes a bad thing. Based off they're of like, what happens in the later films, they do divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what? Yeah, or they split Atlanta. at least. Yeah, and, and and the way that that happens. Sequel trilogy. Since when? You don't. Well, remember? they're living separately, and then when they see each other again, it's really talk wrong. about it. And I haven't seen The Force Awakens in a minute. Okay. Well, basically, when stuff when yeah. when Ben goes all like not great. Okay. They're yeah. just like I can't. We're done. It's okay. just we which can't was do this sad. Anymore. Like. When your kid goes not great is when you need each other because it's both like you both it's you're both kid. It's your both kid. Yeah. You need to be there for each other kid. for your kid. But you just return to your old scoundrelly ways. Yeah, you just like yeah. don't and have the emotional maturity to rolling tentacle monsters. Well, I think a big problem here is also that they don't respect each other. Like they're attracted to each other, sure, but they don't 
they don't really ever seem to show that they actually, actually respect each other. So Yeah, he definitely doesn't respect her and and she doesn't respect his lifestyle either or his choices. I do okay, so Princess Leia <laughs> or his personality. <laughs> like when yeah, when he's yeah, like I don't think they really like, like much about each other. Like he's so. trying to leave, but it, like it's the very much the vibe of like, hey, if I didn't have this, you know, powerful crime boss biting at my heels i'd totally stick around and they're just like okay and she's like fuck you (laughs) come on (laughs) you absolute piece of shit yeah (laughs) no i think i think leia's character in this movie is kind of i don't know i because i feel like in the first movie she's a little bit of a girl boss like yeah like i'm the ambassador like back off Mm -hmm. and like obviously there's some tropes that she plays into that are a little bit annoying um she's sometimes just as whiny as luke is because they're siblings and i guess whining is genetic i mean but, if, um, you, if you saw the prequels you know that oops. to be true <laughs> spoiler Ooh. alert again yeah. In the family. Um, yeah yeah it really no, does but i that feel like in this movie intentional. she does a little bit of cool like commanding stuff and like she's in the control room doing stuff but she also like does a lot of kissing and like like looking pretty and i just kind of was like oh leia's character is kind of transitioned which is fine like it actually doesn't bug me i was just noticing like i was gonna bring up the scene where she kisses luke to make han jealous and luke is like <laughs> which is yeah cinema gold that's, that's the funniest weird. scene in the entire series but um i don't know i guess i'm just reflecting on like as it's almost like as the rebellion gets bigger and more powerful the leadership is like we see who's actually in charge yeah so i guess it's it's like a neutral thing in my mind it's mm-hmm. just a thing that happens yeah it this it, i don't know how i feel like i i like that what they went for in like that's one decision i actually really appreciate in the sequel trilogy is that like in in the sequel trilogy leia has also discarded the the title of princess and is just a general and she's like yeah. fully mm-hmm. unequivocally in charge and good at it and i appreciate that yeah because that that kind of fits for her but yeah in this movie she like doesn't have the ability to to do much and that's kind of unfortunate like she she is there yeah she's there in the control room on hoth and then she's there in han's ship and kind of sort of at the mercy of what han does yeah or what lando happens or what lando does and And she loves han and he knows it's so true yeah it is it is like i don't know how i feel about it from like you know a a more rational perspective but it's a good scene it's a great scene and you can see the love in his eyes when he looks at her it's it's a it's a it's a good performance from both hunters laughing at me no I don't know what I was. What I always stick on is just how overwhelmingly sad uh, Carrie Fisher's eyes are. Like the just, it's the darkest look. Yep, with Chewbacca like crying in the background. That scene is so intense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really like the way that that scene is lit. I know Mm -hmm. everybody does, but it's it's really pretty. Yeah, there's some really good lighting moments in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I in general just think there's there's not a frame of this movie that I don't think looks really pretty, and I and that's a thing as we talked about that last week. But that's kind of one of the things that makes these movies hard 
is the fact that we all have seen them so many times, Mm -hmm. especially as kids, that more than anything else, because this imagery is so thoroughly stuck in our head and iconic and you see it everywhere, it's hard to appreciate how good it is, I think. Um, It's really good. Which is sad. Like That's why there's that feeling of like, oh, I wish I could like wipe my memory and watch it and see what I would think of it. Mm-hmm. But I'll never be able to do that. So Speaking of wiping memories, this is the another movie where I've watched the How It Should Have Ended and the bad <laughs> lip-reading videos and songs so many times uh-huh. for these movies because they're hilarious that I can't fully mm-hmm. watch some of the scenes. Like, especially the scenes with Yoda. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, rocking, rocking, and rolling. Yeah. And just like, I still remember the, the one with Darth Vader at the end. It's like, they would call me flowers. Like, flower? <laughs> Kids are cruel. There's something out of there. Yeah. That's the sad bit. That's like the really sad bit is because that gets really stuck in my head but I have yep. to like really intentionally block it out. And thankfully I'm pretty good at compartmentalization. So I can, but I think that that scene is the best scene in the movie. I think it's like one of the more well-written scenes. Which scene? The Yoda With one? Yoda. Yeah. yeah. And actually oh. this- Yoda's very good. This last time yeah, around, I think I like kind of got tears in my eyes over it. Like it was really good. And I think it works really well in tandem with the Yoda scene in The Last Jedi for both- characters and both of their arcs and it just it makes me feel things but it's Which hard scene are you talking about specifically um i where where yoda is like giving luke kind of the spiel the like in his house like the first time that he reveals that he's yoda that bit is really good i guess there is a few scenes with yoda that like really works but also when he when he that conversation when he lifts the falcon, uh, the the yeah, the oh, yeah. out of the out yeah. of the swamp, yeah. Um, always with you, it cannot be done. Like that, that kind of perspective is interesting mm-hmm. because yeah, you still see that like that kind of version of whiny Luke when you get to <laughs> the Last Jedi, yeah. and Yoda's changed his perspective a, a little bit in the way that he deals with that. He goes from being like, you know, a hug. He, why are you like this a little bit? Here's my, here's my lecture for you to being like, just like have a little bit of a lighter, like take, don't take yeah. yourself so seriously. Right. It does kind of feel like they swap positions in that sense, mm. like on how they view old Jedi things. Yeah. Like in this one, I, I can't remember the specific lines, but Luke being like, but why is this this way? And Yoda being like, shut up (laughs) yeah like it's just that way because it is okay and And kind of being the opposite of that it's kind of it's kind of fascinating when you look through it's a very underrated arc in star wars that again i i did used to do a star wars podcast for a bit i could go on about it but i really appreciate that yoda goes from being this like for like such a long time you know hundreds of years or whatever he's like training younglings because he's like he likes and appreciates and wants to foster that, that kind of wonder of, of children. And it's really beautiful and sweet. And then lots of dark, bad things happen that he like kind of starts to foresee as well. And then there's that feeling of responsibility. 
and then there's being... yeah i guess all of his younglings die mm-hmm. jeez yeah. and then there's being in exile for a long ass time into and exile then, he must go and then you get to be kind of like what is what is the uh you get to be kind of like legalistic about something that that it doesn't exist anymore mm. to like kind of hold on to it and then he like kind of through dealing with luke and also th- after he dies kind of like comes to a different conclusion um and starts to live his life or his death a little <laughs> bit differently and i actually think that it's a really good arc and i don't think people talk about that and the what sells it really well um is how good frank oz is mm-hmm. and how great that freaking puppet is really so good, good. <laughs> like the oh, bit where he's like going through all the stuff in, in yeah. luke's box and he's like <laughs> leaning in and like pulling throwing stuff out is amazing i love it yeah uh, when i was watching it with squidrum the other day i realized that when you saw this in theaters in 1980 you would have fully fully expected yoda, the yoda to not be the yoda mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. comes out he's rummaging yeah. through and it's like i can take you to yoda and you're like oh <laughs> he's gonna take him to the jedi master right and what then, a strange crazy swamp creature man and then i am yoda and you're like no you can't be oh you are yoda Ooh. yeah see there's bits like that or like the fact the that 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 vader is uh luke's father um those are bits that like are so in the cultural perception that when we watch the movie we totally glaze over what Mm -hmm. what it's expecting its audience to think i mean that's what i realized like the letterboxd app the spoilers button is darth vader's head because of that (laughs) scene yeah Yeah. and people didn't believe it um when it happened and some people were mad about it um but like of course they i guess i guess we know this because his name is anakin skywalker i was like how does he not know that luke was for darth's perspective like how does he know that it's luke is isn't his son from immediately like how i guess we don't really get to see how long it took him to figure it out and when he realized well he feels him kind of in the force and recognizes it from that mostly um and i think that's I think that happens, I think, canonically in the Death Star scene. But Oh, yeah. In the first movie? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, isn't it yeah, great sure. that this is like the Star Wars movie where they don't rebuild the Death Star again? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the this only is, one? No. This is my point. I think it's a far more original film than, like, unfortunately. Uh, like, if you go through how many of them have a Death Star... Um, Phantom Menace technically has it. It's like a space station that they yeah. have to like fly and play. It's it's the same thing. It's a space ball. Um, episode three ends with them building the Death Star for some reason. Episode two has the like schematic in it. Episode two has the schematics for the Death Star. Episode four has the Death Star. Or yeah. Rogue One has the Death Star. So that's five already. <laughs> um, and then this movie doesn't. Episode six has another Death Star. Episode yep. seven has another Death Star. Death Planet. Episode nine basically puts a death star on every single ship that exists yep. <laughs> yeah because you got to go bigger you're left you with, with more you're left with the last jedi empire and solo 
Yikes. Three movies. Three movies out of ten don't have All a Death we Star. have is space lasers. And surprise, surprise, two of those are the best ones. <laughs> IMO. Yeah. Stop doing like, the Death Star. Man, how cool it was would it have fine been once. for just like a smaller scale thing? Like the uh-huh. worst thing they can think of is... Blows up the planet. Everything blows like, everything guys, up, and then you nothing don't have, explodes. You don't have to blow up planets to have stakes that feel important. You really don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, the thing They're that feels like it has the most political stakes. intrigue. Yeah. Like the Empire in general. Like, there's some good political intrigue in the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. but like not much. Mm-hmm. It just immediately becomes military might only. Which yeah. I mean, I just read Dune, which is all political intrigue, and mm-hmm. there's some military, but, like, mm-hmm. a lot of politics. Yeah. I wonder how much, like, th- yeah, I-, I would agree. Even in, like, even in other content, I really do feel like the the Empire tries to do political intrigue or, or writers try to do that, and it doesn't ever really seem to work. It's weird. Yeah. It's just, it's weird that the Emperor is is technically supposed to be somebody who, like, is really crafty and worked their way through politically to get to a point. And then he gets to that place of power and he's like, nah, I'm, I'm leaving I'm blow up all of what kind of gave me my power behind. I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to come blow it all up. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Uh, also in the version that we watched, um, it had a, a different person playing Palpatine, and it was a weird looking design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really? really big eye holes. Yeah, yeah. just like this was the first time, out. yeah, seeing a lot of that stuff. So I, I had seen that face before, but I hadn't heard him speak or seen the whole scene. I think, and yeah. I had not heard um, Boba Fett's original voice. Yeah, <laughs> which was interesting. <laughs> it I just didn't sounds know like they changed that level. Yeah, of yeah. Well, they hadn't cast Ian McDermott yet when they or, filmed Episode Five. Yeah. Or Tim Morrison, and they, yeah, and there was no idea of Boba Fett being a clone of a New Zealander, yeah, before episode two. So then they just like went. They're like, we can do that, yeah, can make it work. Well, I, I think actually, Funny. I guess the way that would have worked is they probably changed. Well, because because I guess I don't know when they did that change. Because I they guess could it would be easier with it. Boba Fett because he just like you never see his lips yeah. or his face. I think his voice is definite. That's all definitely in the 2004 DVDs that I have. So, yeah, like is it, it in was, the 97? Is my question because probably not. Because how do you figure it out? That by only then? would have been yeah. That only would have been episode one. Yeah. Like would be coming out like that year, right? It came out in 97 or 96. Attack of the Clones came out in like 2002. I think. No, but I was thinking of Phantom Menace. Oh, I guess yeah. Phantom but Jango so, like, was 99, no wasn't it? That yeah, it was ninety nine. Was it? Yeah. Dang it. I just wonder if he thought about it ahead because like for example, this movie, even in the title crawl, even in this version, doesn't it say episode five? Pretty sure it does. I don't remember. It uh, does. It's still on my computer. It does. I could look. So I hmm. mean there gets yeah. Weird. There's a point in which he's like thinking about it. So Yeah. Hmm. It's just weird because people didn't think there was actually going to be those this one two and three right. for a long time so like, it, it's interesting would this have been just one of these movies where it's just like star wars colon the empire strikes back 
is how that would have been labeled originally? No, I, I think it was labeled as episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. I Something, could be wrong like about from that. Like from 1980? I yeah. think that part of the thing my no mom way. talks about when she was talking about this movie to me as when I was a young child was that Star Wars was like the coolest thing because it started off in like episode four and you're like, what? Are there earlier ones? No? Oh, that's cool. You know, like from the first Star Wars, everyone just called it Star Wars because it, it, it Star Wars. Name a New Hope, yeah. A New yeah. Hope, yeah. But like, there was like this this thing where you're like, ah, they're why? What is happening? I'm so confused. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it, I think it, the original is popping you in the middle of a of a myth, and it's kind of cool. Um, so. Yeah. Did we have specific thoughts about puppets, or did we just want to... Puppet Watch 2021. Resign? What's your favorite puppet, Anna? Whoa. What? <laughs> What's your favorite puppet? Do you like, pup? ever, or in this movie? Well, in this movie. I mean, favorite puppet ever would be interesting, but in this movie is more I on topic. I, I, my immediate thought was Gonzo, because one of my favorite <laughs> movies as a kid was uh, The Muppets in Space. Yeah, Ooh. the classic. Nice. Um, my favorite puppet is the Squidward out of water that's on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, we'll share you guys after. True. I'm sorry. It's really in funny. In this movie, however, it's kind of weird because there are fewer puppets than in A New Hope, but I do. The Yoda puppet, just like hands down, shouldn't be even be in the running because it's such a good, like. It's yeah, probably it's so the good. most iconic puppet in all of cinema. Yeah. Mm and it, like i don't think it i mean i think it deserves that like i'll, I'll yeah. be honest it's a really I mean, like, well realized the amount character. of facial movement that mm-hmm. can happen in this puppet is also just like bonkers it's freaking crazy mm-hmm. and the, and the fact that he was then like nah nah dog we're going to make a cg yoda for the prequels yeah. when they could have made a puppet they made a puppet for the phantom menace but a lot of people don't know that's there's kind of a special edition of the Phantom Menace because they just replace Puppet Yoda with CG Yoda, Damn it. Uh, and then go f- back to CG for the second and third film. So wait, yeah, the version I watched as a kid, Puppet Yoda in the Phantom yeah. Menace. Oh if yes, you watch the Blu-rays Sorry. now. Yeah. not a puppet. Yeah, that that makes sense. Sorry, I was like half listening because I was like, tragic. And the yeah, that, that that makes sense. I know what episode one. Yoda looks like he, he looks kind of weird. He does look weird, but at the least best, he's a puppet. The best version of Yoda is right here yes. in this film. Agreed. So good, yeah. and they use the same models for the Last Jedi. It just looks weird for some reason. Mm. There are also little bats, the little bats that are kind the of Minox. Like yeah. superimposed oh, yeah, the Minox. in in the thing, and then there's also the worm that they're inside of that is clearly just someone's hand in an oven mitt. I it's love great. it no, so shush. much. <laughs> I, no, but you see its little eyes on the side and that little eyes move yeah. a little bit. And like, yeah. there's just, ah, I like it. It's really cute. I do really like the Minox, although I feel bad for them because they're, they're gross and they get and they're living shot. inside another animal's mouth. Yeah. They're, they actually can just like fully live in space, which is weird. Whoa. Yeah. That's like a thing that happens sometimes with those things. Yeah. They're like tardigrades, but bats. Is it weird? It, I, I'm, I'm half convinced that's where Stephen King got the idea for the mist. He was just watching Empire. And he's like, ooh, like weird bats that fly against windows and stuff. 
What if what if they were in a in a mist in a town in Maine? I need to write this down. I'm on so much coke right now. My God, ah! <laughs> this is really funny. Uh-huh. I was looking at the Wikipedia page for the movie to see if they said anything about how it was released and titled, and they just keep calling it The Empire Strikes Back. So I wonder if that was just mm-hmm. its only title upon release. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the scroll, the, the crawl did still have right. five. But. So the cool, but the funny thing is they're saying it had a first wave of release of 125 prints in what would that have been? May 1980 before a wider release in June 1980. He added three shots to the film's ending before the second release. So literally a month after it came out, he already changed it again. (laughs) Wow. This guy is like, needs to learn how to let go of a project. I actually, yes, very much. I I think he did the same thing with the original Star Wars, if I remember correctly. Like there, there is some stuff about the very, very beginning of the theatrical run that is different and not recovered. But mm. yeah, a bit like Francis Ford Coppola. Like, how many times is he going to recut Apocalypse Now? <laughs> I don't know. Is he done after this third recut theatrically what? released? No way. No. No. That's the two of them are good friends, <laughs> which is funny because they're also like. They're both, you know, very big Kurosawa fans and were heavily inspired and love him and whatever. And Kurosawa's manner of making films mm-hmm. is like, it's done. Next yeah. one. <laughs> it's yeah. done. And then they are the opposite of that. Yeah. Especially George Lucas, who's like, I will make like five films and just retool them and make people mad forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Francis Ford Coppola, unlike George Lucas, is a good filmmaker. So, oh. <laughs> probably Shazam true. again. I should see. I should see THX, and I should see American Graffiti before I sign on to that. But I think that Francis Ford Coppola is better. I'm, I'm just unfortunately, I am Francis Ford Coppola's bitch forever. Like every time <laughs> I go into one of his movies, I'm like, I'm not gonna like it, and that's only happened like once, like only Apocalypse Now. Uh, and then every other time I'm like, oh, God, why are you winning me over? I rewatch, I watched this Dracula movie for the first time. Oh, yeah. That thing's a freaking really masterpiece. That's so good. Uh, it hits like all of my buttons. It has like all sorts of really cool superimposed effects. And it's all gothic and weird, but also like heightened. And ah, and as Keanu Reeves giving a very stilted performance. Yeah. Just kind of like. Mm, and Gary Old, it's it's so good. Uh, Let's check it out. <laughs> but why why isn't that movie next. on the list? Why do we have two we're Star watching, Wars movies? What we're watching next is Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Hooray! Cool. We get to see Forward. another Harrison Ford movie. Oh man! In a beautifully lit thing. There's gonna oh, be yeah. when we when we go at the, at the end of the podcast, we're gonna go through Analyx, and there's gonna be like who was in the most movies, and it's gonna be a three way tie. Probably, I think that's my guess. Between Alec Guinness, who was also because he because he was also mm-hmm. in Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. so um, and Harrison Ford and whoever the heck Ward Bond is. If you go onto our letterbox page, apparently <laughs> Ward Bond is like wow. a side character or an the extra in Bond. like three movies. Ward Bond, and it makes me annoyed. Yeah. So I'm glad Harrison Ford gets this time. That's why, yeah. for your information, we have two Star Wars movies. It's so Harrison Ford 
can be can be in yeah. three of our movies. We'll, we'll have fun with that. I I don't think it would be possible for me to be on the Blade Runner episode uh, because every time anyone brings up Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. the only thing I can do is talk about how much I like Legend, yeah, which isn't the movie we're covering. So I I, I am useless. I see that no, too. That's that's Darn fine. It. You don't you don't need to be there for that one. We'll, we'll Tim do Curry it plays the devil. Yes. Yeah, he does. Is that, is that the one? That's one that has There's Tom Cruise in it too, witch. right? Yeah. Yes. He just like stares into the camera the whole time. Uh, and awesome. you can see like his nose hairs because the camera's so close to him so much. Wow. Why, why, every, why everybody be all horny for that Scientologist? <laughs> I do uh, not know. I'm, horny for I, I'm not. Uh, it just, I you like can see his nose hairs the whole time. Watching just, him in movie, that's all. Lots of people really like Tom Cruise, but he oh. just like weird like Scientology, man. I know. But... Aware. The the next person we're gonna talk about a lot is probably Harrison Ford for Blade Runner next week. <laughs> but between uh-huh. now and then, you can check us out on social media. But uh, not really. But you should anyway. You can follow us on Letterboxd and get the list that we're following. That's the only reason I would follow us on Letterboxd, actually. <laughs> yeah, or you can follow us individually because, like, Sometimes some of us are quite active. Things. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Do, do um, you have do you have quote? Uh, uh the I, people know the quotes from this say movie. When we end the episode, shoot, there was. I've got a I bad feel like feeling. Another, about you're right, this. yeah, like there's so many, so many fruits that hang very low. I feel like there was one that uh, maybe another three PO quote that I thought was really funny. Oh my gosh! And then I forgot it. So there, this time there is no quote. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I I forgot to prepare for the millionth time. Apologies. I think that hey, we'll it's a streak at this point. That is fifty-two episodes in a row. That's true. It's true. That's not. It's not true. Uh, have you ever? Yes. Last week he was pretty. I couldn't on tell you which one. Last week, but yes, there's a couple where you like had it. On. Yeah, a lot of earlier ones I sort of prepared ahead of time. So we like to oh, just, just like sit here, like watch, unable to end the podcast. All that's of like, out. That's more of I our tradition. Really, gotta leave. Really actually say really if you need to, to leave, please. So. Oh yeah. If you need Hunter, to leave, Hunter, you're, please you're leave. causing us so suffering. so the perfectionism is kicking in. Uh huh. I, um, I know. So you can we can you can stop this. Um, just pick one. Because I'm just, just say the find. first one that you see. Like, this is literally the one. first one that you uh, see. He will learn patience. Kaboom. Wow. <laughs> Hooray. He will learn patience. Sorry. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. We'll, we'll see you guys next time. Anna. I get. Got a brand new bag and bladder. What? As the, the, I was going to say Anna's got a pee, but then I thought about the, the Santa's got a brand new bag thing from. Elf. <laughs> okay, bye. And I combined Santa's the got two. A brand new bag. Santa's got a brand new bag. Oh yeah. Shoot. There. No. Maybe it was when Han yelled something. He yells something, and it's really Who's funny. Scruffy oh yeah. Looking. You could use a good kiss. Oh yeah. That was funny to me. You could use a good 
kiss. Yeah, and it was funny because I so because I misheard it at first, and I thought he said I could use a good kiss or oh, something, and I was like, that would be great. <laughs> I would like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like but that's more uh, funny. I guess it's less misogynistic. Yeah. Okay, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the secret ending of the episode. Okay, everybody make one. Uh, Welcome to the Pee Pee Poo Poo podcast. We will be discussing the many complex aspects of Pee Pee Poo Poo. (laughs) You're like my my seven-year-old cousin who invented the butt fart poop club. <laughs> that sounds like a good I'm club sorry. to join, though. To be fair, I would join that. Yeah, they they passed notes relate. to each other, and Chelsea sent us a picture of one that said, "Judah, meet me in my room in two minutes." Caleb just farted. <laughs> That's pretty great. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about all the movies that you've ever seen. <laughs> All the ones that you personally we have seen. Because I know, I know what movies you've seen. What is happening? This stuck? is like Hunter's having a mental breakdown. I'm sorry, <laughs> I haven't slept very much seen? lately, and now I'm just. Did you? Did you? Can we? How about Ridley Scott coming out with two movies this year that both have Adam Driver in them? Yeah, one month apart. What the fuck, man?